Hello and welcome to 1% of History. I'm your host, Lindsay. Since this is the first episode since rebranding, let me reintroduce myself. I'm an elementary teacher in Virginia. I absolutely love history, but I also realize that curriculum and what we learn in school leaves a lot of stuff out. And that as teachers, we also can't teach every little piece of history. It's just not possible. This is why I wanted to start this podcast, to go past the 1%, or so it seems, that we know and dig deeper into history. For today's episode, it is all about one of the first women to ever be published, Phyllis Wheatley. But before we jump into the podcast, I would just like to say that the podcast music was provided by thepodcasthost.com and Alutu, the podcast maker. Find your own free podcast music over at thepodcasthost.com slash free music. In this episode, as I mentioned, we are discussing Phyllis Wheatley. Wheatley was born in Africa around 1753. No one is exactly sure when she was born, but it has been thought it was around 1753. She was brought over to America on the ship the Phyllis in 1761. So she was about eight years old. The Wheatley family is who bought her and named her after the ship. She was taken into slavery by the Wheatley family to be a companion to Mrs. Wheatley. Susanna Wheatley noticed very quickly how intelligent Phyllis was, and with the help of her daughter Mary, taught Phyllis how to read, write, do math, understand geography, and so much more. Phyllis was highly educated at the time. Phyllis enjoyed writing poems and published many of them in different colonial newspapers. They lived in Boston, so newspapers were a plenty. And this led Phyllis to want to publish her own book, especially after the positive feedback she received from the newspaper publishings. However, even though there was a lot of positive attention, there were critics as well. Some people had a hard time believing that a woman, and an enslaved woman at that, wrote these poems. At one point, she had to go before a panel of Boston citizens, including John Hancock, in order to prove that she wrote them. For those of you that are unsure who John Hancock is, he is the one who wrote his signature really, really big on the Declaration of Independence. Regardless of the support that she had, no colonial publisher in the colonies wanted to publish her book. The Wheatleys still had ties to England and turned to some of their friends to help Phyllis's dream come true. Phyllis and the Wheatley's son, Nathaniel, traveled to England. In England, they were able to gain the funding and find a publisher willing to do it. However, Mrs. Wheatley became ill and they rushed home to Boston. The book was published later that year. There were even forwards from people like John Hancock and other men of political power in the colonies supporting her book. Additionally, there's a portrait of Phyllis included to prove that she wrote it. This was huge because at the time Phyllis was about the third woman to be published and she was the first enslaved person, regardless of male or female, to ever be published. 
Sometime around 1774, Phyllis was granted her freedom. So this was just after the book had been written and published. And then by 1778, most of the Wheatley family had died. There was no one to help Phyllis publish a second book, and this ended up being pretty problematic for her. She married John Peters in 1778. He was a freed black man, and he worked as a grocer. I will say there's very little known about her adult life from after the time that she was freed. However, we do know that her husband spent time in debtor's prison. He had a lot of debts and he was unable to pay back the money. So during this time period, you went to debtor's prison. The family ended up living in poverty, um, which means they were really poor. They could not afford very much at all, if anything. It is believed that they had three children. However, all of the children passed away as infants and some of them as newborns. Now, Phyllis's death is questionable in the sense of we're not really sure what she died from. Some say that she died from childbirth, and others say that she died from illness on the same day as her last child. It is one of the things that we're not really sure. Phyllis was sickly most of her life. That has been noted in research that when she came to America, she was very sick, and she was very small for her age. So for her to be ill is also not something that can be taken out of consideration. While we do not know a lot about her adult life and her death, we can talk more about her poems. The themes of her poems tended to be toward freedom, enslavement, faith, and wisdom. She wanted people to explore different points of views, and she also wanted people to understand each other. Now, while Wheatley had huge accomplishments between her education and the fact that she was even able to publish a book, by her death, hardly anyone remembered who she was, and she passed away at just 31 years old. It is noted that abolitionists, people that wanted slavery to be illegal, used her poems as part of their arguments and inspirations for their cause. Overall, Phyllis was a pretty amazing woman, and she did a lot of good and really shared her wisdom with the entire world. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of 1% of History. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions, please email me at 1%history at gmail.com. That's the number 1%history at gmail.com to continue the conversation. You can also follow me on TikTok and Instagram at Miss Martin Elementary. Additionally, I will have all of the links in the description. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you will join me next time.